gather round, fam. This is season two of the ND Fem podcast, and I am Dr. Kristen Scatliff. This is not scripted or rehearsed. We are transparent, honest, and vulnerable. We listen, we care. We are MD Fem. Hey, we are live on MD Fam. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> and we're going to have a great episode today. We are talking about the things we wish we could tell our attendings when we were in training. Um, it's based on one of the posts that we had on IG. And so let's um, just start the conversation. So, who wants to go first? Let's start with Aquia. Name one situation you wish you could have addressed right there in residency. Oh, right. Well, things may have changed now, but I believe that most residency programs, they have caps for the uh, teams. So you can only have a certain number of patients that are seen by the residents. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's usually called a a hard cap where you cannot go over that. There were some attendings that we had that did not respect the cap. If you had 20 patients on your team and the emergency room called, for one patient, and, oh, take that patient. It's okay. We can take that patient. No, we can't take that patient. <laughs> We're maxed out. No, I wish that's what I could tell my attending. Follow the rules. You want us to follow the rules. Why don't you follow it? Okay, so there, there it is. So, <laughs> so like, do as I say and not as I, I do, basically. So follow the yes. rules. Okay, that's and that's a universal one. I, I think we had the same. Was it Osler and whatever they call their teams? And I, I think it was 16 patient cap with a four, like kind of like could be on and off. So a total of 20. And the right attending on, I remember this in residency, the right attending on, and they were like, yeah, yeah, we can take more. You guys don't, you're not too busy. It's, it's going to be on But you have 20 pages. And it's funny <laughs> enough because at the facility I work at now sometimes, they have a cap of like 14. And yeah. once they hit 14, yes, it's, it's, it's very, so I will not name the residency program, but once the, the census hits 14, the attending takes the rest of the admissions. Oh, dude, I don't even think we wow. had a cap. I'm telling you, I really don't. <laughs> That's a different story. Oh, hey, hey, yes, hey. attending takes the rest of the patients. So, so, I so. did not have a cap. I, I was think about- I had it. Like, we had someone in labor. We had someone, like, having a heart attack. We had, like, an admission. Like, we had, like, three different pagers. No way, man. I never had a cap. So what was the maximum <laughs> amount of patients that, as a senior, you could carry? Ours was 20. Yeah, that was so. Wait, wait. Per per ACGME guidelines for internal Uh medicine residencies, we're just going to speak what we know. Okay, Okay. let's let's say to what we know. Our cap was twenty patients max for a senior resident, and it was less than that if you were a first year, if I remember correctly. Yes, it was ten and ten. And I don't know if that has changed. And maybe within your programs, that was okay because what your family medicine, I doubt it. But we're not going to speak on that because we don't want to go down that rabbit hole of GME violations. So let's just bring that back in. Thanks. Nobody ain't going to say MDFEM got them, you know, the residency kicked out. Thanks so much. All right. All right. So uh, Aquia's thing was basically follow the rules. Do, you know, if you want me to do it, then you do it too. Okay. I understand. All right. Who's next? 
Loves, you want to take this? Yeah. Okay. What was something you wish sure. you could have addressed in, in residency? Um, something that happened? Favoritism. That mm. was like horrible. We had a lot of favoritism. And you know which attending you wanted to be on with, and you know which one you did not want to be around. So it was really um, disheartening when you had almost a, you had a woman run um, residency program, uh, director, program director, chairwoman, and chairwoman was too busy. So she didn't really, really involve herself. The program director loved favoring the guys. The girls were like treated like trash. And when the three of us girls in senior year all got pregnant, can I tell you that was bad. Mm. Mm. I was the only one prepared for it. And you know what? I was the only one that prepared for it. I told them as a second year, I laid out how I wanted my third year rotations to be so I wouldn't disrupt anybody. And so the other two girls, oh my God. Uh, So... If I didn't have my friend as the chief resident in my third year, they would just, as I'm in my third trimester, uh, putting on, I already did all my like stuff that I needed to do, guys. I had all my deliveries in. I had all my patient numbers in. I had all my clinic numbers in. Everything was completed for me. So literally I was on elective rotations. They would just randomly like tell the chief resident, oh, we need an extra hand, call Lubna. <laughs> She'd be like, um, she's eight months pregnant. I'm not calling her in. There's five other people we could call in. I'm not doing that. That happened several times. The other girls were not as lucky. They would just call them in. They were terrible to them, like horrendous. Um, made sure that like, Literally, like, everything to the T was, like, done. And it wasn't like they were even, like, harping on the guys. It was just the girls. And I was the only resident in my third-year class, eight and a half months pregnant, took my board exam. I was the only one at graduation that, that had taken my board exam and passed. Everybody else had not taken it. But it didn't matter for the guys. They were like, oh, that's okay. They'll do it, like, next year. They still have time. The other two girls, they were like, why didn't you pass your boards yet? Why didn't you take them? Even though all of us were pregnant. It was horrible the way they treated guys versus girls. It was terrible. Mm. It was really, really bad. Hmm. That's, wow. That's ridiculous. That's disheartening. Especially for coming from a program where, like you said, it's majority women run. Mm -hmm. You would think... I don't know. Well, it's almost, like, it's it almost like they wanted us to go through what they did, which I didn't really understand that. I think sometimes that women are harder than on women. Just, I'm just saying, like you, when you have some of these, some of these um, female attendings, when we were coming up, you know, some of them were nice and some of them were not. Yeah. Some of them were kind of like, you know, I had, I went through this and I had it tougher and I'm making you tough so that you can, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying that, that, that culture for some reason has continued to transition for whatever reason. I, I, I'm sorry you went through that Lubs. That's, that's horrible. Um, yeah. um, okay. wow. Anybody else want to take nice. this? This is winding down a road here. Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't mean to laugh, but yeah, I'm it's like, not a very good road. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not trying to discourage anyone who's going into this field, but you should be prepared. Um, so anyone want to go? So I'll go. So for me, um, this is Kimberly. For me, um, because when you asked that question, it made me think of like my freshman, is it freshman year? Intern year. (laughs) And so forth. (laughs) Uh, 
I know, like, I forget stuff. Like, you guys talking about the cap. I have remember no idea what the cap was, but I tend to forget stressful things. Exactly. I was about to say, it's a defense mechanism. <laughs> yeah. But I do remember, like, not, you know, for residency, for me personally, I felt like some of my attendings wanted to be as if you already knew things and not willing to teach you. Um, not saying I didn't do my due diligence and studied and so forth, but I felt like, if you asked for a question, if you actually didn't know, you you were made fun of or made a, you know, uh, degraded and so forth. But then yeah. you ask your same coworkers yeah. the same questions, they don't know either. Like, the blind yeah. line is fine. And so I think that's very, very scary because no one wants to be embarrassed. Um, no one wants to not know. Mm-hmm. So you have a team of patients, team of residents that don't know anything. Right. Because right. of the culture. Because you're supposed to come there personally and I already know all the answers. But I knew all the answers I would be attending. So I, I remember having right. difficulty mm-hmm. with that because I, if I didn't know, I would ask. If I look up something, I, I would ask. But you were supposed to already know. Like, just know. So, so that, my coworkers didn't to know. To be right, I'm sorry to chime in, but that right there, I uh, totally agree with you on that. It does not create an environment for learning. Like no. it tries to ostracize you and just put you down and just like, oh, I'm and superior. It actually, works, it actually works in the opposite direction that they're hoping that it's completely does, right. Exactly. Because what you're doing is you're giving that per- you're killing that person's self confidence. Number yes. one, oh, number two, yeah. then they they literally become internalized. They shell up, and then when you ask them more, it's like they're, you're giving them stress anxiety. You didn't see me raise my hand. They can't yeah. see me raise my hand, but that was me. <laughs> and, uh, Rounds yeah. and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> with the wrong attendings. Oh I, we gosh. had a we had an internal medicine attending. I know a queen knows who I'm talking about. And we had an internal medicine attending. And when when you had him on your 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 general med like service or whatever, everybody used to like sphincter control, like yes. just completely shaking. shaking. You're shaking dealing with this man. Awful. And and it's not a reputation that you you want you know, going forward, it doesn't make you, you know, a better physician. It actually makes you worse from learning. Yeah. From you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it also, happens, mm-hmm. it also happens in fellowship and it happens from seniors. That's what I don't understand. Happens you, went seniors it, no, it does. you went through it and then you put somebody else through it. And I mean, like I, I had to check myself, even as a chief fellow, I used to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I had learned a horrible culture and I was passing completely. it on. Passing and it's it completely mm-hmm. unhealthy. Completely oh, unhealthy. And then you have people graduating and don't know, right? So right. then just, you just keep you keep going, and then that that's patient safety issues um, um, later. Um, but it was always it was always baffling to me because I asked my coworkers, my and like, I don't know what that is. Kim, you gotta you know you gotta get your poker face. You gotta make them think you know the answer. <laughs> no, no, I really don't know the answer. Do you know who used to and, excel at those things? The bullshitters. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, for my yeah, yeah. And those I'm not that know really. Yeah, they they were yeah. good. They were good. So, and that's that's the culture that that and hopefully it's changed, right? I, I graduated. I don't remember now because I bought things out, but I, I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds right, actually. Uh, so hopefully the culture has gotten better, but I doubt I'm, it. That's I'm afraid it has not. Yeah, I, don't I doubt it. I yeah. I will chime in because I experienced the same thing. So it's kind of my thing, kind of goes off of that. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why, you know, like what Kim was saying, like it makes the anxiety builds up because you're like, if I get this answer wrong, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be 
degraded and be like treated like the absolute worst person that's here. And all, as as you all said, we're all trainees, right? Uh, when you're a resident, you're a fellow, you're a trainee, medical student, all the way through, you're a trainee. You're there to learn. So yes, sure, question me, you know, encourage me, but make it like you're encouraging me to, okay, you don't know it, go and look it up and come back and let us know, right? No. That's supposed to be what it is. Yeah, exactly. not, tomorrow. It wasn't like that. This is your sign. It wasn't like that. And so, yeah, and so, you know, with as it went along, I I absolutely clammed up. I didn't say anything. Even when I knew the answer, I would not speak up at all. I wouldn't say nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I, I nothing. I wouldn't say anything. And you know, my it was actually <laughs> the it was I realized when I went to fellowship at a different program mm-hmm. that it was I had actually gone through a form of abuse. Yes. yes, because yes. I was yeah. so yes. when I got through the uh, when I got to fellowship, the culture was completely different. Right. I went in there thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to be able to do this. I don't know anything. You know, it's going to be the same thing over again where they're like, you're the worst person here. You're going to be a stain on the program because that's what my program director told me in, oh in residency. Gosh. You're going to, you know, you're going to yeah. put a black mark on this program. And it wasn't just me. It was he did it to everybody. But when I got to fellowship in my two next fellowship programs, I was like, I had to undo that in my brain and be like, no, you're not stupid. And these people are here. You're going to learn. And these people are here to help you. They're not here to tear you down. So wait, first and foremost, first and foremost, I'm sorry to cut you off, but first and foremost, if you have gone through medical school and you've entered into residency and fellowship, you are not stupid. Like we, but, but, but I understand what you're saying. It's an imposter syndrome, right? You, you start to develop that syndrome because of what's happened. It's PTSD. Let's call it what it It is. is, Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and you, you got to experience, you know, a better culture when you entered into fellowship, right? I was in the same Mm -hmm. culture for six years. And I didn't imagine that. And that's why I didn't even go to fellowship because I didn't want to continue that, that feeling and that self-doubt. And I, so, I, and yeah, it, it just got worse. It just got worse the higher up I went. It didn't matter how much I knew or how good I was taking care of patients or whatever. If you're still in that state, it's very hard to change a culture of a place. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Okay? It's, it's not going to happen with one person. It's not going to happen with one action. It's going to take a whole, you know, a, a, a complete revamping. And let's be honest, what are, what are places doing now? They're all saying diversity and inclusion, you know, they're mm-hmm. saying the key words so that they, you know, all fit into the, 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 the context of what's being said now, but are they really changing? Do we really see the shift? No, I don't think so. No, no. it's an illusion. So. It's the inclusion illusion. Please, please. You get a couple more of us on your, you know, roster, you know, so that you look good to ACGME, right? Oh, we're diverse, we're inclusive, but when it comes to certain, um, you know, aspects and so forth, we're still going through the same traumas. Yeah. And it's, it's absolute nonsense. I, I remember there was, like, uh, there was an, I actually got along very well with this resident. I was a chief fellow, okay? The resident was on ICU service with another fellow, okay? And he pimped her, not understanding that she has like a performance anxiety or whatever, right? He pimped her on rounds. The girl breaks down into tears. I mean, like inconsolable, okay? Mm-hmm. 
I didn't know what happened. I just saw her in tears and she happens to be another black woman. Okay. So I'm like, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I, you know, I can't do this. I, I hate the IC. She would literally have physical mm-hmm. reaction every time she had to take IC rotation, mm-hmm. like so sick, sick. like sick until she rotated with me. And I was like, I'm going to make you love this. It does not need to be a trauma. And I only learned that in my last year of fellowship, trying to decondition, you know, the, the, yeah. the understanding. I literally, and it took someone who was not even medical to say to me, you do realize that this is like PTSD. And I was like, man, you see, it, like, wow, light bulb, yeah. right? It is. It's PTSD. It's, it's abuse. Mm-hmm. And it's PT, and then you suffer PTSD. I I know for sure. I was like, I'm acting like someone who was in a, an abused relationship when I yeah. got out, and realized like, okay, these people. I was waiting for the hammer to fall when I was in cell. I was just waiting for them to degrade <laughs> me, and it just it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I was like, you know what? This is this is from residency, and I need to de- I need to reprogram my brain. Mm-hmm. And it was legit PTSD, and even. People, so my, the person who was one of the attendings where I did fellowship or one of my fellowship programs, he had also graduated from the same residency program that I did, obviously years before I did, but under the same person. And Mm. he had the same experience. So it wasn't like it was a one-off thing. And he's a man, I'm a woman, he is Caucasian and I'm black. So it wasn't a color thing either. Right, but that's what I'm saying. This is how this person was. Exactly. And then there's no one, there's no checks, there's no balances. So Mm -hmm. here you have decades of decades of trainees that become attendings with these wounds going out to to, to, into you know their careers. Less than or not as good. Exactly. I remember when it was happening to me, one of the the attending in particular, I won't say her name, she went to my mentor and she was like, Kim, Kim who? She's not quiet. Like, yeah, I'm quiet now because I'm getting beat up. I'm scared to <laughs> right. say anything. I'm scared to look wrong. I'm scared of this. She's not quiet. Like, what do you, Kim who, like, talk to her. <laughs> like, and so <laughs> I, it definitely, it def, and, and that continued. And so when it was my senior year and it was like, yeah, I can't do fellowship. Like, I got to get out of here. Like, I need to just get a mm-hmm. job all the day because it's, it's not, it's not worth it. And so, yeah. Yeah. I, that was, I, that's the first thing I thought about when you said that. Mm, mm. That's oh, any anybody anybody else left to go with 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 their past traumas? Lord, this <laughs> I have a lot. Yeah. I, have a, I have a whole <laughs> list. Like you gave me that question, and I was like, I'm probably at five or six, but I, I'll give you more. <laughs> I'll give oh you gosh. the first one. <laughs> All right, I, the first one. It is absolutely wrong to date my co-resident. Like, hey, absolutely. Well, it's not then. professional. Well, or an attendant. It's like you have a professional responsibility and ethically to practice and lead by example. Like, why? 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 <laughs> wait, are no other woman. Resident? What? Or resident let's, and resident. Let's let wait. Let's clarify oh, the relationship. Attendant and Thanks. resident. Okay. Oh attendant. no. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, listen, listen. And it's like open. And I'm like, so you're telling me you're like, you're openly telling me you have favoritism. 
you mm. preferential, you professional, well, I can't even say the word, how I said preferential it. Treatment. <laughs> preferential treatment. <laughs> preferential treatment. Exactly. Like, it just creates, like, a tension. Like, every time we're in the room, it's like, hmm. All right. That's <laughs> so weird. Down? So that's not like, a, like I don't know, against the law. Because if you're working at like Verizon, because I have a new phone, need a phone, can't, you, can't, you can't date your coworkers and stuff, right? Isn't that like... Oh, a, oh really? Phone? You can't... I, so, uh, okay. This, I, I think I... Like, not Verizon in general. Well, like, that's... No, sorry, see, Verizon. But like, jobs well, in, see, sorry, jobs in general. Well, I thought you're not supposed to date your coworkers. Well, you see, that's the problem. When you're oh. an attendant... Right. Um, people don't think they, they should report you to HR or anybody else, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's all about you already on the top your hierarchy. So you're there and no one thinks they can go above you to tell you, hey, it's wrong. Like okay. it's it's, it's listen, a hierarchy. To yeah. listen to me. It so so you experienced the actual like they they have a relationship and they disclosed it. This is the thing. So they would have to disclose that to um personnel. Right, HR, yeah, the HR. Yeah. Before that ever happened, that's the first thing. But it it creates an unhealthy dynamic. You mm-hmm. have an, a person that's your superior that's connected to someone that's on you know your same. level, supposed to be on your same level. So now you've created not, there's They're an like inadvertent right. There's an inadvertent nepotism though. There's going to be a favoritism to that person. But I feel like regardless. something like that would be frowned upon. Yeah, Maybe like a little bit more than frowned her. upon. That's I, that sounds bad. I don't know if the ladies <laughs> that I went to residency with, we can we can just whisper names to each other and give looks. But I don't know if y'all remember. <clears throat> there were about two attendings I remember that were so suspect. These. I'm just going black. Okay. They, mm-hmm. I knew one that was hitting on co-residents. Okay. And was actively dating one of his inferiors. And I'm like, this is I'm like any, any pretty girl that came up in that building, that man was on it. I was just like, what is happening? And everybody knew and they did not care. That was the first what? thing. And we I had mean, another, I guess, I guess because huh? they're at the end of the day, we're all adults. You can make decisions. But there's a power dynamic. There's a power dynamic. But then how come, do, is there ever a complaint when um, a physician is dating a nurse? There's a power dynamic hey. there, but no one complains. Hey. No hey, one did, complains. Well, wait a second. Hey, wait a second. You got to ask who the aggressor is because I'm not going to paint no pay, um, you know, innocent picture for some of them RNs. Love yeah. y'all. But yeah. some of y'all targets. They do target. Them yeah. MDs yeah. and DOs be like, I see papers in banks. But that should also be wrong. If we're going to if we're going to say that it's wrong, in my opinion, that a, a, an attending and a resident are dating, even though that is technically more of a of a chaining command than a nurse and a doctor. I don't think a nurse and a doctor should be dating either. Mm-mm. Okay, okay, that's fine. But I'm my thing with this, and I completely agree with you, Kuya. I'm mm-hmm. just saying it's really, really awkward when that person is directly doing your evaluations and your that's peers' true. evaluations. That is true. I agree. With this that, person yeah. sits down and has lunch with your program director. Mm-hmm. Like, what the, what the, what the what? I'm like, are you serious? Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I there was a. I don't know if you all remember this. There was a. Uh, I'll say a surgeon. We'll leave him to that. There was a surgeon. Mm-hmm. And um, very nice man, okay, but the boundaries were not respected. Let's just put it that way. And every time he saw, you know, you like, you know, oh, he'd be like, oh, hi, blah, blah. And he has to hug you. And the hug was not a platonic hug. 
It was like wabby and feely. Oh my god! And so, so, oh I, and god. so this is what's so funny, right? There were other, you know, there were other seniors above me or whatever, and I would watch the interaction because he didn't know me yet. I was an intern, okay. And the minute I opened my mouth and he heard I was Caribbean, here comes the 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 you know mm. the, the the okay he coming towards blah, blah blah. And when he tried to do it, of course my hand goes out in the direction. And I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, don't touch me. Okay. I was like, do not hug me. Do not touch me. That's disrespectful. I'm not tolerating that. Of course. Good for you. But, but I, no, no, I'm no, not no. doing that. I'm not doing that. We're not going to do that today because ain't nobody going to be talking about me while I'm walking through the halls of this hospital. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I watched him do this to medical students. He got in trouble, actually. <laughs> he, would, he would pat them on the head and, and, and hold them around what? the shoulder while they were rounding. Oh, it oh, was what? so uncomfortable. And he was so grabby. He was so, and I was like, no one sees this? Red flags, red flags. Or they're scared to say something because because he was a senior. Exactly, exactly. And the power dynamic comes to play. So it's not cool. It's not cool. And the dating pool is that small that you have Thank to you. pray. The dating up, pool up is that small. You just, you just live in the hospital. That's why. <laughs> no, get out, brother. Get out. Go see There's apps sites. for that. There's Go apps sit- for that. Swipe left, swipe right, something. Do, do something. I can't, I can't. I can't. I can't. Oh, my goodness. All right. So let me ask you guys a question. There was a recent article that was put out by um, some emergency medicine attendings out of Harvard, and they were talking about being a Black, being a black applicant, okay, and applying for residency and what the experience was like and asking, your question, asking this, yourself the question, do I fit in? Okay. How many of you saw images of yourself on the the interviews that you went? No. And so when he described, he received, described the beginning when they were saying how they were in the office and looking at all the pictures hanging up. Another mm-hmm. one, it was like, it, it was me. Like I remember being in a situation and it was like, there's yeah. no one on these pictures from, you know, this hospital opening up that looks like me. Mm-hmm. And I remember going into my first job, like there's, well, um, one, one of my jobs, like, there's no pictures that look like me. And so you already, it's, it's, it's ingrained, it's subtle. Um, and it's always amazing to me that other people can't see that. Yeah. I <laughs> the comments after that. Like the comments on that? that post, the comments on that post were so disturbing. Here are mm-hmm. other doctors. Okay. From different backgrounds. They're not necessarily black physicians. And the comments, they were so offended that they had published mm-hmm. this article or that they even brought this up. They were like, oh, now NEGM is woke. Now they're CNN. Now they're, I was like, what? what? These are physicians that take care of, of patients of minorities. color. Exactly. Of other, exactly. And they're, and yes, exactly. And they're other minorities. I'm sorry. Yes, this is our experience. Our experience. Yes. Why can't you listen to my experience? Why yes, can't yes. exactly. Why can't you open to exactly. it? Exactly. Exactly. You don't have to accept it, wow. but at least listen. Okay, this is my favorite. This is my favorite thing that they love to see. Uh, say sorry i don't see color oh i want God. you to see color because i'm a black woman <laughs> <laughs> so being a black woman ingrained or there's there's hardships that i've went through so i need you to know that i'm a black woman. yeah that means yeah. you don't see me if you don't, don't see thank me. you yeah. the yeah. statement of i don't see color means you don't see me that's, that's not like see color that's like because friend same thing like you need to see color because when exactly a, a black baby's born i need you to test for sickle cell you need to see color. Thank there you. we go. There we go. <laughs> you need to see it. 
There we go. Yeah. I, I, I thought that that was ridiculous. I heard an actual educated individual say, I don't see color. Are you serious? Then another one said, oh, we need to be approaching this like Morgan Freeman and stop talking about race. That's how to handle it. I was like, what the? What? what has Morgan Freeman what? ever yeah, not Morgan talked about him not being black? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Of all people. Of all people. Of all people. <laughs> I was like, big, da- big Daddy Morgan Freeman don't talk about race? Get out of here. Get out of here. I can't. I can't. Oh it was, it was I, 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 I just want to say I was very shocked at the comments coming from the medical community. That was not cool. It, like, was, it, it was... That was yeah. disappointing. That was very disappointing. Yeah. But one thing that she brought up in that um, article there was about hair. Mm. And I know Aquila <laughs> used to get this question a lot because you switched up your hair more than I did. I have locks. I, you know, I only get to curl it and do a couple other things. But the fascination with our hair. <laughs> Always. Oh, my Always. God. That's on my list. That was on my list. <laughs> Oh, you got new hair. What did yes. you do? It what is came. This? Thank you. How long is this? Is this yours? <laughs> what are you gonna do next week? I had, oh I, had a, I had a, a What are you gonna do next guy. week? <laughs> no, he was amazing. I love him, and he literally, he still texts me. He asked me, "What hairstyle do you have now?" We haven't oh worked together God. in over three years. He still texts you. He still texts me. What hairstyle do you have now? <laughs> Oh like goodness. I was the only black girl in my program, and every mm. time I went to the hairdresser, it never fails. I walk through the store, <laughs> and it's like, oh my goodness, you changed you your hair that? again. Is that yours? <laughs> oh my god! Yes, the, the answer to that exactly. The yes. answer is that Me yours. I bought it. I bought it. So yes, it's mine. <laughs> Thank anyway. you. Thank Did you. Did you guys <laughs> get the whole like? So uh, I'm natural now. I wear my hair more natural. And since residency or whatever, but I remember my first job being like, "Oh, I really like your hair when it's straight, or if it's oh, straight, I really like it." Yep, straight. yep. Listen, got that, got listen. that all the time. You realize? <laughs> listen, I don't I know if you realize that that statement, man. <laughs> exactly, they don't. They don't. You know, you know what that told me <laughs> to wear my hair more curly. That's hey. what that told me. <laughs> it made me be like, yes, I'm officially going natural. Actually, I did that. <laughs> yeah, residency. you did. You did go natural. I was like, mm, no, 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 no. Just twist that together. Get this twist together. Well, well, my oh, personal boy. thing was, are you Rastafarian? That was one of the questions I used to get. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow. well, first of all, I'm impressed that you know Rastafarianism. Um, you know. But um, why I'm not. does it matter though? Thank you. I'm not. Why did it? Why would it matter? Exactly. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not. But, but I, I don't understand what you know why because I have locks that they don't equal each other. And then that, that was the first thing. And then the second thing that that really used to get me was I don't know if you guys remember this. We used to have a Caribbean day in the cafeteria. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. remember this. And we, oh, had, we had a head of, <laughs> I, I told Emily this story when I came home because I was that angry. We had a head of, um, he was head of pers- um, HR or whatever. And he would put on a fake tam and locks. This is a white Jewish man. He would put on a fake tam Uh-oh. and locks mm-hmm. and come down to that cafeteria mm-hmm. and, and walk around. And like, you know, some of these, so first of all, some of these employees would laugh and blow you like, ha ha. And you know, some of them, and some, of them were, some of them were Caribbean. And so they, you know, they laughed with him or whatever. When I saw it, I was disgusted. Okay. I didn't say anything at the time. And it happened consecutively for like a year, another year. When I got into fellowship, I said something. I literally walked up to him and I was like, this is highly offensive and completely racist on so many levels. 
take it off. Mm-hmm. Like you're Good for like, you. like that. I was like, of course that got me labeled. Of course. You know, I'm a problem, <laughs> but I'm like, do you see what you're doing? This is menstrual. This is menstrual. You might as well go put on blackface. Come on. <laughs> oh my God. And then those Caribbean people that you mentioned that laugh, they were probably laughing just because they need to keep yes, job, it was right? because they exactly they were uncomfortable oh, and they did that to, to create some type of comfort for themselves and also because they need to keep their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just thought, wow, how incredibly offensive and that you're so tone deaf. You didn't see how this affects the people around. Like what? Well, that would, I would challenge, I would challenge not even just him. I would also think the administration, right? Cause I'm, I'm imagining the CEO or the hot. The oh, they saw it and laughed. So, HR so did he stop Chris? Oh, I didn't see it while I was there. I don't know if he put it back on after I left. Oh, but the next year after on your fellowship, he didn't do it? Nope. No, no. No, okay. no. It's a tone de- deaf. And I'm sorry, I'm talking about your, your place. But it's a tone <laughs> no, it's okay. Place, right? The CEO, director. There was other people in power that I'm sure had seen And that. again, it speaks to the culture of a place, right? It yeah. speaks to the culture of a place. Like if this, mm-hmm. you know, it, the culture is so difficult to change, we understand. But like, come on. Come on. Like, it's not mm-hmm. cool. That was not cool. Um, okay. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, touching my hair. That happened twice. <laughs> by, by, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Loves, I got to tell you the story. Get oh ready. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a chief fellow. We're talking about an ECMO patient with heart failure attendings. I'm sitting down in my chair by the computer. We're talking about a patient, blah, blah, blah. One of them is sitting up on the desk, and he literally reaches out his hand and starts twirling his fingers into my locks. While talking to me. No, that's offensive. And twirling. He, yes, twirling. You know, like wrapping the... What? the, the no. And, just touching. and, and I am... Oh. Uh, yes. And he's like, he's like, this is so fascinating. Like you say, oh is this, is your, this is your hair? And the one, the other heart failure attending who I absolutely was, you know, that was my dude, right? He was like, this is completely inappropriate. That's what he said to me. This is completely inappropriate. What are you doing? That's what he says to do. And I'm like... I didn't, I couldn't say anything because this is like a big, 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 big boy in the hospital. Okay. Mm. He can make or break you. Okay. Mm. And I was like, I felt so uncomfortable. And I was like, my God, he had no idea. I was like, do you have like, no, like gauge? Can you not see my face? Mm. You're not a pet. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) What the hell? I would be like, why are you petting me? It was. No, no. It was. It was so. Why are you petting me? It was so uncomfortable. I would have said that, Chris. I'd have been like, "Are you petting me?" And then that would have made him realize, you know, like, "Oh shit!" I just, I just looked at his hand in my hair, and I looked at him. I literally looked at him and looked at him, and that was when it stopped. I was just like, I was like, "What in the world?" is going on here. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And he was not the only person to put his hand in my hair. I also had a female attending. And this woman, this woman needs two doses of Jesus. Anyhow, I had a female attending (laughs) that we were examining a patient together. Okay. And my hair is long. Okay. So one of my locks got out basically. Okay. And it was hanging in front of my face while I'm examining the patient. Right. And she has her gloves that we just touched the patient with and takes and pulls my hair behind my ear with the glove. I waited till we got outside and I was like, she got an entire dissertation. I was like, the same way you wear, because she, she's, she's, she's Muslim. Mm. She converted from, from 
she was, was she Jewish before or Christian? I can't remember, to Muslim on 9-11. Just get that into your, wow. your mind. Okay, there you go. And um, <laughs> yes, yes, let that marinate. I want you to let that marinate for two seconds. Get that whole picture. Okay. Anyhow, she has on her head covering, okay? And she, I said, you know, the same way you cover your head, blah, blah, blah. This is my crown. You've now violated my personal space and exactly. you've disrespected my, 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 you know, who I am. I, like we don't, I don't wash this every day. I can't. It's first of all, it's too long and too cumbersome, and it would dry it out. <laughs> Why would you put your your dirty glove in my hair? What the? What? You should have been like, okay, now I'm gonna take off your scarf. Oh no 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 we don't need the Muslim Al Sharpton to be coming after Christian. No no no. Right. No, no, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to get fired. But that's ridiculous. I just thought that that was so. That was so ridiculous. And then when I went back and I told my co-resident, who was also Muslim, when I told her, she was so enraged, and she was like, "What? What? If you had touched her head, you know, you she would have lost it. This is not exactly. She should know more than anybody." And I was like, "I, I had given up at that point. I was like, I don't know what else this place gonna do." But you know what? I think it's not just, I think I'm going to put it out there and say it. People don't, don't touch our hair. Don't, don't touch me. Say it again. Unless I have given you consent to do so. Because, so I don't, I don't know why people do that because I've had it happen to me twice. At least for me, they, well, one of them asked me, I can't remember the first one asked me if she could do it. And it was a patient. It wasn't attending or co-residents. It was a, they were patients who were like, can I touch your hair? And I was like, actually, no, you're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's not okay. It's, not, it's okay. not okay. Like, I have to ask you permission before I can touch you. So why would you think that it's okay for you to reach up as I'm examining you after I've received your consent to examine you to then try and touch my no. Okay, can I answer can I answer the question why they think it's okay? Privilege. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. it is. It's privilege. They don't they don't see that they they have to you know ask for the consent. They just yeah. their hands just start traveling towards your head. It's it's amazing. Yeah. And I'm like you're so entitled that you think you have the right to put your hands in my hair. No. No. <laughs> um the other thing that really i i you know was was okay so like an attending attending number one and attending number two don't get along Mm -hmm. and attending number one gossips about attending number two to you know the the group of whatever resident or fellows right the residents or whatever place them in such a precarious position what what do you expect us to do like, I, I didn't, I never understood that. Like, why would you say these, you know, gossip about a, a fellow attending to under, you know, your trainees? My, my reaction to that was just stare at them like a deer in headlights till they stop. <laughs> I was just stare. Just stare like a legit, like a deer in headlights. So I tried that. I tried that, like, don't react and don't, don't, you know, don't engage in the conversation. And then I got labeled, I got labeled as, oh, you know, she's for that person. You understand? And so it changed, 
it changed um it changed some some how do I say this some opportunities let's just put it that way mm-hmm. because I was malaligned yeah mm-hmm. I remember that very well and I was like wow how you know what what it, what was for you came for you so oh it did yes it don't matter yes. it don't matter <laughs> malaligned yeah. or not <laughs> But I'm talking, you know, I'm thinking of it by the perspective, like, we cannot be the only ones who have gone through these experiences. I'm sure there's other people yeah. at other, you know, programs that have had these situations. And, you know, what, what advice would you give your younger self now in hindsight on how to deal with these, these situations? What would you do? <laughs> I mean, this too shall yeah. pass. <laughs> I know, right? right because right, I thought right. about oh that God. question. <laughs> And I was reading I, when I was going through your your blog post, and I was re- like, like thinking about that question, like mm-hmm. would I actually change? Because the, you started out with people pleaser, and yeah. I mean throughout mm-hmm. residency, student like student, you become so good at pleasing people, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. you yeah. just want to lay low, get ahead, not stir up the pot, like whatever oh. you want to do, to just wow. go through, right? So it's like. I, I, I don't know if I would actually say anything because, I mean, I don't know. I but, really doesn't, don't. but doesn't that reflect that, that it's not a problem with the person, it's a problem with the culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a problem with the system, exactly. right? That's what That's needs exactly to change true. because you want to, you want to be able to get the fellowship. You want to be able to advance and you have to jump hoops. Mm-hmm. This is the nature of the career, right? So then, how do we, how do we do this? You know, how do we stand up for ourselves and own our space and still ensure that we move forward? Is it different now? Is that, is that possible? Or do we still have to just smile and nod in training? I think you still have to smile. I think there's probably <laughs> still places where smiling and nodding is, is yeah. the easy path because to stand up for yourself is like you said, going to get you labeled and or make your job harder, your job as a learner harder. Like, unfortunately, I mean, I don't know. A lot I don't have a good answer to that because I kind of just I rebelled in a way. So there were certain things that uh, we were supposed to do as residents. Um, like attend the morning report and do certain things, and I was like, I'm not going. Uh, or I will go and not participate on purpose. I won't read any of the signed readings. I won't do any of the questions out loud. I will not answer any questions. So you were having a silent revolution? You were having a silent (laughs) revolution? I was was leading a silent revolution, and I was determined to pass my boards without doing any of the things that he said we needed to do to pass, and guess who passed their boards, and it's double, double, triple, about being triple certified. Please, yes. <laughs> so that's my that was my rebellion. <laughs> that was your rebe- your silent rebellion. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. I think to be honest, luckily now we're all attendings and I think we should use this opportunity to lead as an example. So not right, treat yeah. like residents or students that you have to come across like not not continue the cycle as right. So right. try to end the cycle as what you experience. So that's right. what I do. Let's put it at that one. And then also see the the problem. So I, I have my one of my mentors, Dr. Adam Aronsky in Jersey. I remember I like fell in love with this man because he used to do morning report. And I remember the time he asked, 
you know, sincerely, are you guys okay? I wasn't. But <laughs> the fact that he asked, like, are you right? Okay? But I remember, and that's why I latched onto him, because um, he knew residency and so forth, a highly intelligent man. Um, but I remember my peers making fun of him. Like, he asked, are we okay? Whoa. Like, and so it was like, y'all missed it. You know what I mean? You're not okay. Yeah. Okay. Somebody generally interested in to know if you're okay and asking, and you are now making fun of the person who's trying to help you. It's very okay. sick. It's like, it's very sick, right? Because you, I, I, I don't know. So I, I latched onto him. I still talked to him. Uh, you know, five years, six years out. He's a really nice, intelligent man. Um, he was like doing a check mentally. You guys okay? Are you doing yoga? Are you doing this? And it's like, wow, someone actually cares. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's like yeah. a psych. You know what? The thing is the, the the residents who laughed or mocked him were probably so like that. In my mind, that shows that mentally they were already so broken down by exactly. the culture of the program mm-hmm. that they didn't realize when somebody was actually trying to take an interest in them. Mm-hmm. Like, as opposed to just asking the question shallowly, like someone was actually trying to be like legit, like, are you okay? Like maybe he knew that the program has a culture of being toxic in whatever way. And so he was legit trying to be like, okay, like this isn't, you know, opening the door to be like, hey, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to, not be okay. It's okay to say I'm not okay and figure out like what you got to do to be okay. Because medicine is hard. Medicine is not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. And then on top of that, to have people, you know, pushing you down constantly, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not easy. So that just, that tells me that those people were so, their mind was already so warped by what they had already gone through that they didn't even realize that somebody was trying to actually reach out to them. Right. I, I want to, I want to say that, you know, I think a couple of things that I've thought about, cause I've, you know, from my experience, I was like, this is how I would really change, you know, how I went through it or the culture that I was in was the first thing first would be not to react. Don't immediately react to whatever is going on. Um, cause I, I, I'm a bit of a hothead. I realized that. And I reacted sometimes in these situations and it got me, it got me labeled, right? Because I was outspoken or, you know, I was, you know, I didn't kind of mince my words. I was like, oh, she's, you know, she's a troublemaker, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't, that I was a troublemaker. So I was standing up for myself and then mm-hmm. I was, you know, I had my voice and I owned it and that was how I was raised. You know, if something's wrong, you say it's wrong. Right. And sometimes that doesn't that doesn't work if the culture is, you know, so ingrained. And that was something that, you know, I had to learn. It's a little bit of, um, you know, adulting, basically. Right. You know, we have to kind of like really understand where you're working, understand those dynamics. okay, and don't immediately react to anything, kind of step away from the situation and think about how you can respond to this in the most professional way to get the most positive result. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the, the, the first thing. Second of all, I want to say, um, do not become the problem, right? Don't mm-hmm. start emulating the behaviors that have, you know, traumatized you instead of, as, as, as Candace said, it's, instead of, you know, going on to do the same thing to your juniors, you know, try to be better, you know, opportunities for learning should not be opportunities where people feel like they're scolded and they're shamed and they're put down. You know, that's not going to help anybody or help any of our patients. Right. And, um, the other thing I I think is that, you know, 
these the places that we are trained at and we work, you know, it's more than just writing these little, you know, summaries and papers saying diversity and inclusion and, oh, we have this program and we encourage this behavior. You have to really put it into practice. It's tokenism otherwise, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. You need to start actually saying, okay, we need to have like either I want a quarterly meeting or something or provide psychotherapy for our residents or, or you know, really evaluate how attendings are addressing residents. And so, and really listen to your residents, make them feel like they can come to you and their voices are actually heard. And there's actually an action that happens afterwards. Mm-hmm. Not that, oh, I'm going to go tell them. And now I, you know, it, it gets back to the person and now I'm screwed, you know, that, Right. That has to that has to stop. Well, guys, thank you for your time and for joining me on this episode of MDFEM. I hope no one else is traumatized <laughs> and that you take away I something hope. positive <laughs> from our conversation. I we hope. have to have these difficult conversations. That's how we get change, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot yeah. get real change unless you face it. So thank you for joining us. Bye. 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 Bye.